1: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
0: So we got the news a few days ago, Joe, that Anthony Richardson is QB one in Indianapolis, and it feels like for a rookie quarterback, some All Pro help in the backfield would be a good thing. Except for apparently, the Colts have decided, "Eh, maybe we don't need it because I don't think we want to pay it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Find him at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So the Colts have apparently given Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. Are you surprised by this news, Joe?
2: No, not at all. Taylor doesn't want to be there. The Colts don't want to pay him. So here we are. We've reached an impasse. Just because they've given him permission to seek a trade, I don't know if that means we're actually going to get a trade. Who's going to be willing to pony up draft picks and on top of it, a brand new contract for Jonathan Taylor. Like the bet, one of the best deals in sports is drafting a rookie running back, having him on that rookie deal, running him into the ground. If he's a first round pick, which Taylor is not, you pick up the fifth year option. Then you use the franchise tag. So you get him for six years when he's at his absolute best. And then you let him go when it costs too much money. Like Taylor's just now getting ready to reach pay me status. So you don't get any of the benefit of the cost-effective contract early in the deal. And you have to give up picks in order to acquire them. So how many candidates do we think are actually out there that would make an aggressive move to trade for
0: Jonathan Taylor? The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are out there I heard this days ago, frankly, that they were in on this idea of trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor, and now we have it. It's official because the Miami Herald and the beat writers down there in Miami are reporting that Miami is at least going to consider trading for Jonathan Taylor. It certainly doesn't mean that they're going to do it. It just means that they're going to entertain the conversation to trade for Jonathan Taylor. Reportedly, the Colts are asking for a first-round draft pick or multiple draft picks that would be the equivalent of a first-round draft pick that, according to sources, according to our very own Steven Holder, uh, that's a big asking price for a guy that, on top of it, you have to pay. It's a position that you don't want to pay, that you don't want to extend. All of that being said, Delvin who? I mean, as a Miami Dolphins fan, I, I, a week ago I was sad because I, I thought we missed out on Delvin Cook. Now you're telling me instead we could get Jonathan Taylor? All right, I'll take it.
2: I mean, Miami currently $11.9 million in cap space available. That's 12th most in the NFL. So if there was going to be a team who could make some of the financials work, they would be one of the teams near the top of the list in order to get this done. I just think the irony here is so spectacular that the Colts have just spent half a year telling Jonathan Taylor he's not worth the money just so that they could turn around try to trade him and tell anyone who calls them, give us lots of good picks because he's a really good player who's worth a lot. Like, does anyone just trip up or choke on the irony there of what's going on with the Indianapolis Colts? A franchise who feels like the further we get away from Andrew Luck continues to step in it more and more and more at every single turn.
0: Well, and it's not just the Indianapolis Colts, though, when it comes to this specific situation, right? Because it's the state of the running back generally, and it's what we're seeing all across the league. So on one hand, you are telling the guy, hey, you're not worth it because of the position that you play, even though you're one of the very best, if not the best at playing that position. And you're only 24 years old in the case of Jonathan Taylor. You're not worth it to us because running back and then at the same time you're turning around like you said and trying to do the sales job to these other teams hey we want a first round pick in return I would imagine the front offices that are having conversations with Indianapolis their response is hey running back right I mean we don't want to trade a first round pick for running back and also have to extend him but we aren't talking about just some normal running back here Joe we are talking about the dude who in 2021 rushed for over 1800 yards 18 touchdowns. This dude is special in every way. And I understand that there's not longevity at that position, but 24 years old, he hasn't hit the ceiling yet. There is a dip in production this past season. However, you would imagine that if Jonathan Taylor's in a new uniform on a much better team with better help around him and also some help even in the running backs room to try to sustain his career a bit, where he's not the only back, they don't have to run him into the ground, then you would imagine things would look pretty good for JT for at least a couple more, if not a few more, four or five more years. So
2: then what does a deal like that look like? You've got him in his, what year is he going into right now? Is this year four coming up? So it's the final year of the contract. We'll go ahead and look that up.
0: Yeah, it's, it's we've, he's been in the league for three years. All right,
2: so he's going into the final year of his deal. He wasn't a uh, first-rounder, so there's no fifth-year option available. So he's going to play the fourth year, and then if you'd want, you could hit him with the franchise tag. But if you trade for him, you're going to have to give him a new deal or you're going to be right back to square one. So the deal would have to look something like, all right, you're going to play out year four this year, and then we're going to give you an extension of – insert amount of years here insert dollar amount here would you go three years 36 million
0: Mm. 12 million a year I mean, the way that these running back deals have been going, like, three years is a lot. (laughs) I mean, if you want three years of security, we're coming down in price, right? Like, two years is a little bit more reasonable considering the state of the running back position around the league. That's the problem that Jonathan Taylor's facing. Like, none of these teams are going to want to extend him long. But also, maybe he's more willing to bet on himself and double down if he's in a different uniform. If he gets a trade here, maybe he says, okay, let's work out a one- or two-year extension here on the back end and I feel like I'll really be able to prove my worth during that time and also maybe win a Super Bowl, something that he's not going to get the opportunity to do in Indianapolis.
2: I don't know. I I don't see him accepting a trade for two years like he's going to want to get paid here. He's well aware of the market, just like everybody else, in terms of how his he's going to get run into the ground, 250, 300 plus carries. And he's going to need to get paid now. This next deal coming up is the most important one. So if you're going to sign for less for two years. Take on all that beating. You're just going to watch a crop of young running backs enter the NFL next year and the following year and your value is going to decrease guys do not maintain the way Derek Henry has maintained that is an outlier scenario maybe Taylor could do that but for the team who wants to make this move you've got to give up some sort of picks. It's not going to be a first rounder. I don't think anyone's given that no. up. But for Taylor, you probably just want to get out of there. This is a master class in how not to talk to people. That's this. This got to this point because Jim Irsay had to stoke this fire. He didn't need to say any of that stuff. This is why you have general managers. This is why you pay people to run your operations. And if you're going to get involved, the the idea of going public and belittling the guy's position. What did you think was going to happen? So now this guy's upset, and clearly ego's at play. The Colts are all dinged up about it, and now you might end up losing the guy. Great, you get a second-round pick, like, fantastic. What are you going to do for Anthony Richardson? You're not even playing the guy in the preseason. You decided preseason game number two, uh, we're good, we're going to rest him. That dude needs reps, and he needs help. Bryce Young needs reps. He needs help. CJ Stroud needs reps. He needs help. Look at Justin Fields the last two years. He has been hung out to dry by the Bears. What is the point of bringing in this kid at quarterback if you're going to hang him out to dry his first year in the league?
0: Jonathan Taylor is definitely going to want a three- or four-year deal, 100%. But when you see Delvin Cook get a one-year deal and you see Saquon Barkley get a one-year deal, I find it hard to believe that he's going to get too long of an offer from anybody. Right now, he will be well, making Cook's this what, Yeah, Cook's older.
3: Saquon's, right, so what, 26? he's a lot
2: A lot more carries. Saquon is a little bit older, but at the same time, Saquon didn't have the leverage with the franchise tag. Like, the right. Giants were more than content to say... We'll just go with the franchise tag. That's that. So situation's a little bit different. But again, if no one's willing to to make a move, he's stuck on this fourth year, and he's got to figure out a way to get in a crude season so he can get to free agency. And four, that means if he's healthy, he's got to play
0: four million dollar base salary for him this upcoming season. It's a five million dollar cap hit for whatever team absorbs him. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber: Is there trouble brewing in Buffalo? Indy not the only place with the drama right now. One of of our very own believes a certain Bill star is ready to hit the door. That is next. Joe and Ambers on ESPN Radio. appears the drama in buffalo ain't over yet and the season hasn't even started but it has made an appearance in the headlines once again joe and amber on espn radio espn radio is presented by progressive insurance insurance for motorcycles boats and rvs for protection on the road and on the water see how much you can save 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at progressive.com before we get into the situation with the bills let's try to earn you a little money honey
1: pizza money alert
0: pizza pizza
2: this one starts in just under an hour Baltimore looking for their 25th consecutive preseason victory I'm betting against them I'll take Washington on the money line plus 110 which means we're just betting them to win the game outright they're one and a half point underdogs I don't want the points I'm just going to play them to win Ron Rivera has a good track record in preseason game number two when it comes to playing his starters. Go back to preseason game number two last year. Carson Wentz played, Antonio Gibson played, uh, Terry McLaurin played. That's important, especially early in the game, because there's no Lamar Jackson tonight, and there's no Tyler Huntley tonight. Top two quarterbacks of the Ravens will be sitting. Further, the Ravens have kind of gotten hit with the injury bug a little bit over the last couple weeks. The cornerback position is really thin now that... um. Marlon Humphrey has to undergo foot surgery. Humphrey's out. A few of the other corners are banged up. But they should be ready for week one. I think if you're Harbaugh, you realize there's a lot at stake this season. Your team has an excellent opportunity of making a deep run. There's no reason to get too aggressive here tonight with your starters. I think he's going to rest a lot of guys. Just a hunch. Pizza money for this evening. The Washington Commanders in the preseason. money line plus 110 over the Baltimore Ravens
0: little preseason pizza money for you. The action never stops here on Joe and Amber. Find him at Joe Fort. But you can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So there is drama in Buffalo. And we already knew there was drama in Buffalo. But now Stephen A. Smith has brought it all back. Host of First Take. He was on First Take. And he said that he's got sources about Stefan Diggs and how unhappy he is there with the Bills. Here's Stephen A. Smith.
2: Brother wants out. By the way, I'm just telling you what I know. I got my own sources.
3: Brother wants out. He don't want to be in Buffalo anymore. He don't want to. Be. I, I'm telling you right now. I have my sources. Stefan Diggs got to be there, but he would prefer to be gone because he's lost a level of belief in the Buffalo That's Right? I said it's Stephen A. Baby. I'm not. I'm
2: telling you what I know. Okay. You they, they can deny. They can tell you what they're doing. I have my sources. I'm telling you what I know. All right. But he's not going to force his way out. He know he got to be there and they got to perform. But he ain't feeling the Buffalo Bills the way that he wants did because he feels there's a window of opportunity that they may have missed out on.
0: So there you have it. Stephen A. Smith, he has sources. He brings up the thing that we kind of already knew about. I mean, obviously, we knew about the discontent there. There were rumblings that Stefan Diggs might want out of Buffalo, that maybe that situation between him and Josh Allen was getting even uglier. Now, Stephen A. Smith has come out and said it. According to sources, Stefan Diggs wants out of Buffalo. Now, within an hour, Joe, after he said that on first take, Stefan Diggs immediately tweets out, 100% not true. I don't know who the source is. But I thought I nipped this bleep in the bud already. So Stefan Diggs trying to put it to bed. What do you make of it?
2: Well, I'm not going to sit here and say Stephen A. Smith's making that stuff up. I mean, he is a Fantastic entertainer on a regular basis. But if he's going to start talking about sources and he is a well connected guy, I don't think he's going to be BSing anybody. So I listen to that and I think to myself, all right, where there's smoke, there's fire. He's not the only one who said stuff like that. It's not like this is the first time we heard that there might be an issue in Buffalo. We saw what happened on the sidelines. We saw the performance in the loss to Cincinnati in the playoffs. We heard the rumblings of things that were going wrong. It was just a couple months ago, right, where Sean McDermott, the head coach, was, was talking about not an excuse absence versus it was an excused absence for digs it's been messy the question is how messy it's going to come down to leadership what's the leadership structure look like in buffalo can they get these guys all on the same page and let bygones be bygones as to whatever caused the rift or is the rift going to widen because a lot of times when you have a wide receiver and a quarterback situation that gets to this point how often do we see these guys walk it back very rarely very rarely so that's one concern. Number two, this isn't the first time Biggs has wanted out. There was a big problem when he was in Minnesota, which is what led to him being traded to Buffalo to begin with. So if we've seen it before, what's to say it's not going to happen again?
0: It's why I'm getting a little tired of the on Diggs experience, right? Like this one I'm having a hard time taking seriously because of the way that he leaves Minnesota. And at the time we thought, okay, maybe this is a problem exclusive to Minnesota. Now he's in Buffalo and I'm looking at the situation thinking, what more could you want, dude? Right? I mean, what more could you want? You're in one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos in the entire National Football League. You're on a team that is a contender each and every year that has no reason for... From a roster and personnel and coaching staff perspective Not to win a Super Bowl You're his number one favorite target I mean there's rumblings that he was upset Because he felt like he didn't have an integral part enough, enough of a voice in their offensive scheme. I have a hard time believing that. He had four catches for 35 yards, 10 targets on that 27-10 divisional loss to the Bengals back in January. He was very upset after that game. He stormed out of the locker room after that loss. He doesn't show up for the first day of mandatory minicamp. We know about that weirdness that happened and the McDermott said he was there, but he wasn't there. And then he was there. And did he meet with McDermott? Did he not meet with McDermott? They seem to have gotten that sorted out. But I'm just out of place with Stefan Diggs with all of this because I think I saw him do it on another good team also that this feels like. This is just what Stefan Diggs does after a few years. Like, is he out here to just burn down locker rooms or ruin relationships after a while? He's going to want out of everywhere. Cause how is he unhappy there? What else could you want if you're a wide receiver? Lifestyle
2: lifestyle. How many guys love living in Western New York? There are opportunities to play in Miami, in Tampa, in Los Angeles, opportunities to play in Las Vegas, Chicago. There's a lot of places you can play in the NFL. And there are people, and you can talk to guys who have played with the Bills that say one of the things there, and it's not to knock Bills Mafia or anything about the town. The the people know it. it. There's not a lot of nightlife. And when you're a young guy with a lot of money, you probably want some nightlife. That Those two tend to go hand in hand. It okay, doesn't mean it's everybody. I mean, it's but that's, fine. It's lifestyle.
0: First of all, Stefan, like, you're almost 30, bro. Like, Just go to Miami in the offseason and party your face off, okay? like Single guys, man. Second they got all, money. They want to enjoy right. their life. Listen, the lifestyle fall Even in Buffalo, New York, I have a feeling if you're Stefan Diggs, you're probably doing fine. Just fine, right? Whatever is in Buffalo is probably coming Stefan Diggs' way, Joe. But third of all... We're, we're we're talking about a guy who signed a contract through 2027. There is an out in 2025 from this deal with Stefan Diggs. But you knew this, right? If you're Stefan Diggs, like you chose to be there. You chose to be in Minnesota to some extent. I mean, you know what you're getting into with these. It's not like he designed his career to end up in Vegas. You know, if that was the thing that was the most important to him, he in part designed his career to end up on a winning team. And boy, is he on one.
2: Well, wait, 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 wait. How do we know that? How do we know that his career has been designed to join a winning team? When did he join Buffalo? It's not like the Bills were that great when he got there. Well,
0: the, okay. It, well. And they actually
2: try. have a history of being quite lousy prior to his arrival. So if we go right, back. Right, but no,
0: but didn't he join after Josh Allen got there? Wasn't he year two?
2: Allen wasn't that great early out of the gate.
0: That's true. So let's look at this. So
2: Diggs joined the Bills in 2020, coming off the 2019 yeah. season. If we go up to the boom, boom, boom. Let's Probably see what 2019 held, thing. bring it up, filibuster. Bills were 10 and 6. <laughs> yeah, so the so year before <laughs> he joined them, 10 and 6. And then the year before that, 6 and 10. The year before that, yeah, no, but they were 9 They were 10 were and nine 6 and
0: before he got there. They were good.
2: They were there were a lot of teams that them. won 10 games that year. It's not like he picked Buffalo because they were the best chance for winning. He needed to get traded out of Minnesota. This was one of the only teams that was really good that also happened to need a wide receiver. It's not like the market was extremely robust for him.
0: That's fine. But then he also signed a deal and it, that kicked in in 2022, right? So Very a couple true. years after he joins the Bills. If that's the reason... That's a dumb reason. That's all I'm saying. Maybe there's more to it. Coming up next, we're going to get you ready for Monday night preseason action and discuss the revamped Baltimore Ravens.
1: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: you missed anything check out the podcast on the ESPN app also lots of big news for the Baltimore Ravens this offseason and preseason let's talk about that team one of the more exciting teams in the league as we enter the 2023 season Jameson Hensley he covers the Baltimore Ravens for us at ESPN NFL Nation and Jameson thanks so much for your time One of the big breaking news pieces today is that the Indianapolis Colts are allowing Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. We've seen Baltimore this offseason not shy about putting help around Lamar Jackson. Is there any chance that the Ravens would be interested in getting something done for JT? Uh,
3: I think actually uh, running back is one of the positions I think they feel pretty stocked at right now. I mean, J.K. Dobbins was activated off the PUP list uh, last week at this time. Uh, He's been participating in team drills. They think he's going to be full go by the start of the the regular season. Then you have his backup, Gus Edwards, who has averaged five yards per carry in his career. Uh, He has fully recovered from his knee injury from a couple years ago. They have a great one-two punch. They feel and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And then as a third running back, uh, they have Melvin Gordon, who's out on the field tonight. So uh, I don't think – the Ravens could make a move towards uh, you know the regular season. I just don't think it's going to be a running back.
2: You know, there's a lot of optimism surrounding the Ravens this year for a multitude of reasons. One of them is the change at offensive coordinator. Gone is Greg Roman. excuse me. In is Todd Monken, who was at the University of Georgia for last year's national championship run. How do you expect this offense to come out of the gates in week 1? Is there going to be a significant learning curve here or should this offense hit the ground running?
3: I think there's going to be some growing pains in the fact that that it is going to be completely opposite compared to the offense that they ran under Greg Roman who, you know, in full years under Greg Roman they had some of the the most historic rushing attacks uh there have been. I mean, they, they you know, had over they had a couple seasons of over 3000 yards rushing. Uh, And what they tried to do under Greg Roman was they lined up the big bodies, two tight ends, and they just bullied guys in the middle, in between the numbers. Under Todd Munkin, I mean, they're going to spread teams out. They can go three wide as their base offense this year. And so I think it's going to be very, very different. And I think that's why I don't think anybody should be pushing the panic button if in the first three weeks they're not putting up 25, 27, 28 points As you watched in training camp, there's been some hiccups now and then, uh, but they still feel very, very confident that Todd Munkin can really really just bring this offense uh, and kind of just modernize it a little bit because they feel like under Greg Roman. It was kind of old school, but after a while, you just have to have a new wrinkle, and I think they feel like they're doing that with Todd Munkin.
0: Jamison Hensley, ESPN NFL Nation Ravens reporter, joining us here on Joe and Amber. Jamison, how are the Ravens going to deal with the injury bug to Marlon Humphreys?
3: Yeah, that's a big, big uh, question mark for the Ravens because cornerback is one of the thinnest positions uh, so far this summer for for the the Ravens. And I mean, obviously, you never want to lose Lamar Jackson. That, that is the number one person of you cannot afford to lose. Marlon Humphrey has to be up there either at two or three for them just because they just don't have much depth at corner. And so uh, they haven't put a timetable uh, because he just had foot surgery. They haven't put a timetable on when he will return, but I don't think anybody would be surprised if he misses the first two games of the regular season. They did add veteran corner Ronald Darby uh, last week. He could figure into the mix of being a starter, Rakia Sin, uh, who has started uh, for the Raiders last year. Uh, he's coming off an injury. He should be back by the regular season as well. But there's going to be a lot of guys that they'll be putting through the rotation at corner that maybe a lot of other fans might not know about, like a Jalen Armour Davis uh, could see some time out there. So uh, that, that is the one question mark I think defensively the Ravens have so far is who's going to step up at cornerback now that Marlon Humphrey could miss some time in the regular season. A
2: few days ago, the Ravens make the move to bring in free agent pass rusher Jadavian Clowney in name value. It gets people very excited. You go inside the numbers, two sacks last season in 12 games with the Cleveland Browns. So not necessarily in his prime, but certainly not washed as of yet. What does his role figure to be in Baltimore this season?
3: Uh, Very complimentary. Uh, He's not going to be a guy that they're looking to go start and play, you know, 50, 60% 50, 60% of the snaps. That's not going to happen. There, the Ravens are very high on two young pass rushers. Adapio Owe, who was a first.
2: Oh, boy. The old dropout. Panic. Oh, Do we lose him? If you're driving around right now, there's panic. Panic amongst the hosts. Panic amongst the There was panic ops. on all of us. Panic well- amongst producers. Everyone looking around. Oh, no. Oh, no. A phone signal has gone down. It is the end of the segment. It is a disaster.
0: I think we have Jamison Hensley back, ESPN, NFL Nation, Ravens reporter. Jamison, are you with us?
3: (laughs) Yes, I am. Crisis averted. Yeah, just saying about the pass rushers, it's going to be – Jadavion Clowney is going to have a very complementary role. They're very big on David Ojabo and Adape Owe as their starters on the edge. Uh, Clowney is just going to be a guy that's going to be a number three rusher on this team, but he adds a lot of experience. There's nobody right now who's on the field an outside linebacker who's older than 25, so Clowney adds much-needed experience to that position group.
0: I mentioned that the Ravens have been certainly adding to this team all offseason. Jadavian Clowney, one of the examples of that, they also added at wide receiver OBJ, Nelson Aguilar, drafting Zay Flowers. What version of Odell Beckham Jr. do you think we can expect to see this season?
3: Odell has actually been one of the bigger surprises as far as his ability to get separation because when, when they signed him to that one-year $15 million contract, they, they, they knew he was going to be able to catch the ball. That was a given. But they didn't know, after having two surgeries on that left knee over the past three years, how much of that speed would return for Odell. And they've been pleasantly surprised with how he's been out there, go out there, uh, really show a lot of burst. Uh, and you can see that chemistry between Lamar and Odell coming together. And, and Odell told Lamar before the start of training camp, you throw it anywhere close to my neighborhood, I'm going to be coming down with that ball. And that's one thing Lamar hasn't really had on the outside. He hasn't had that trust where he knows he can throw the ball up there and that wide receiver is going to come down with it. And I think that's the biggest thing that Odell brings to this offense is gaining that trust with Lamar Jackson.
0: It should be very exciting to watch if those guys can stay healthy in Todd Munkin's offense. Jamison Hensley covers the Ravens for us here at ESPN. Thanks, Jamison.
3: Hey, thank you, guys.
0: I mean, one of the more exciting, interesting teams to me in the entire NFL, Joe, because there's a lot that could go right for this team. There's also quite a few things that could go wrong for this team. I could see this team. I mean, we could be talking Super Bowl for this team easily, or we could be talking, hey, they get bounced in the first round. Injury issues again. Lamar can't finish the season.
2: They check a lot of boxes, a lot of boxes. They have a great offensive line. They have an MVP at quarterback. They've upgraded the wide receiver room. They've got one of the game's best tight ends. They've got one of the game's best coaches. They've got a top five defense if they're healthy. There is a lot to like about this team and the way they play football week in, week out. How many teams can you say in the NFL have the potential to score 24-plus points a game, allow fewer than 20 points per game, have a top five coach, have a great offensive line, have the best kicker in the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. Health, obviously a concern. It's what's derailed them the last few years. But this is one of those teams that just week in and week out, they are so difficult to prepare for because you need to be so disciplined defensively to limit Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to say stop. I'm going to say limit because I've never seen anyone like him maybe a little bit of Michael Vick, but the running styles were different. But when he drops back, if it's two and a half, three and a half, almost four seconds, no one gets to him. and He doesn't like what he sees down the field. He will find a lane and he will glide 12, 15, 17 yards, run out of bounds. And just like that big chunk play. I can't wait to watch them play this year. Week two against Cincinnati. I've already got that game circled.
0: Yeah. I, I think it'll be really, really exciting. I, for me, when I'm looking at this Ravens team, totally stacked from top to bottom like you said on both sides of the ball but I am interested to see what it's like instituting that new system that new system that is going to be a high-flying offense that is going to be dramatically different from Greg Roman's system and Jamison even just confirmed that and so are there going to be those growing pains learning that new system adapting to that new system if you're Lamar Jackson taking that throw first as opposed to run first approach to his game I think it could end up being one of the most exciting offenses in the NFL I just wonder if it's a year too soon. You know, like if they don't knock it out of the park this year, I'm not pressing the panic button if I'm Baltimore.
2: No, no, there's a there's actually reason for concern in the gambling community of all places. I came across this recently. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but coaches who stay the same from year one to year two, but bring in a new offensive coordinator the next year. History hasn't been very kind to those offenses. Granted, that's probably because the offense was quite poor the year before, and then the following year you're obviously making the switch, so it might take some time or some learning curve. Like, if things are going well, guys don't you get fired. Guys could leave for better jobs, and maybe it's just someone who isn't as good replacing them. Think about in Atlanta when Kyle Shanahan left as the offensive coordinator. They were never the same, the Falcons, because Shanahan was the brains of that operation. So there's there, there's some reasonably there could be some hiccups. You know, how many games are we going to get out of Odell Beckham? Everyone's very fired up about the acquisition of Odell Beckham. If he plays seven games, it's not going to matter. If Jackson gets banged up, it's not going to matter. If Cincinnati's outstanding and Cleveland's improved and Pittsburgh's good, it's going to be real tough to find your way to a playoff spot. So all in all, it is one of the most interesting teams in the NFL this year. Early in the season, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what this offense looks like because they are gangbusters in week one John Harbaugh always has his team ready to play history is on their side they're going to be the number one survivor pick in week one bar none they're 10 point favorites over Houston
0: coming up next here on Joe and Amber why a certain star quarterback will be suiting up in preseason for the first time in a very long time Joe and Amber's on ESPN radio ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app
1: this is the Joe and Amber podcast
0: Aaron Rodgers, the ultimate team guy. Now that he's wearing a New York Jets uniform, he's there for every ounce of OTAs, mini camp and training camp. He's watching on the sidelines all preseason long, except for now, for the first time in something like five years, he's actually going to participate as a player in the preseason, as well. Joe and Ambers on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So, we got the news, Joe, that we are going to see Aaron Rodgers in preseason game three. It has been a half a decade since we saw Aaron Rodgers bother to play in a preseason game. I'm shocked by this, frankly. I get it. He's on a new team, and you want, I guess, some in-game reps. You don't have much time to prepare before you face the Buffalo Bills and that season opener on Monday Night Football. I imagine that this has everything to do with that, because otherwise, this is not a dude I would expect to see out there.
2: I don't understand the why. I'm sure there's a a, a reasonable answer. I'm sure that we can go digging into some rabbit hole of conspiracy theory and come up with something entertaining that's probably not true, but I'm curious as to know why. I don't think the team's going to force him into something like this. I don't think Salah and the Jets are going to say, we'd really like to see you play. I think it's going to be left up to him. He's proven time and time again, you know, he's one of the best to ever do it. You brought him in for a reason. So ultimately, if his normal routine is to not play, and he decides not to play again this year, that's going to be up to him and no one's going to mind, which leads me to believe that this is his decision. He's decided he wants to go out there. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to get all worked up about the potential injury risk. I'm just curious as to why he feels he should go out. He didn't feel like he ever needed to go out with Green Bay. So now all of a sudden he feels like he needs to go out with these guys. Right. Some of these receivers are his guys from Green Bay. Yeah. Guys he's no played kidding. with before. So I'm wondering if maybe there's a little bit of concern as to the offensive line. Maybe is there a little bit of rust on Rodgers' behalf? Maybe are there some timing issues with some of the new wide receivers like Garrett Wilson? Again, probably digging here when it's really nothing. But I do find it fascinating that it, we're all creatures of habit. And if he's... Operated a certain way for a very long time to break from that trend now. I'm wondering what that's suggesting because there has to be a reason.
0: It's weird because of the problems with the O-line and the O-line not only has problems and has to find continuity but it's the health of the O-line that's been a concern there in New York and their O-linemen haven't all been playing here in the preseason together so now you're going to put that guy out behind them in a preseason game that doesn't count for anything. I agree with you though. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't on board with this, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be playing. Michael Schwartz, NFL NFL editor for USA Today was on Prime Time. He discussed why Aaron Rodgers has decided to play
3: think it's kind of a continuation of what you've seen this offseason
2: Aaron Rodgers obviously a guy who when he was with the Packers uh, you know was not participating in any of the voluntary workouts uh, just because he you know knew his players knew the system knew the rhythms of everything but you know I think that he is you know wanting to get a little bit of action and you know it, you've also seen in the joint practices that they had with the Panthers that you know things were just kind of off the offensive isn't maybe, you know, what isn't up to speed, uh, isn't where they'd like it to be at this point of the year. Uh, You know, that that'll happen with having a new quarterback and it happens with offenses generally in training camp. Uh, But, you know, there might be a sense of wanting to work a few things out and maybe get a few more live reps before you head into the regular season.
3: I guess oh boy. I, I,
0: I have a hard time with this Joe because I feel like everything that Aaron Rodgers does now at this point in his career, particularly since joining this New York team, is so calculated. And so much of it is for brand in my mind like you know we're ultimate team guy now we're, we're going to be super lovable now that we're in New York so we get back 35 million dollars even <laughs> though like that would have been helpful when you were trying to keep Devontae Adams there in Green Bay where was that or I don't know maybe when you had an entirely new young wide receiver room in Green Bay showing up for OT OTAs or any of those voluntary workouts would have been a good thing to help those guys along but no now in New York now you're willing to help everybody out in the ultimate team guy and be there for all the voluntary stuff getting and-
2: dumped is a wake-up call to a oh, lot of people he got dumped his he thought he thought he was running the show in green bay and once they dumped him that that probably woke him up a little bit I, I i'll tell you what i i love the theory i'm not saying it's wrong if it's once again about being in the news he's done an excellent job of that but if there is the suggestion here that they feel a little off so he's gonna play Well, you open the season on Monday against the Bills. Then you're in Dallas playing the Cowboys. Then you're hosting the Patriots, hosting the Chiefs, in Denver against the Broncos, home against Philadelphia. That, to me, would be very worrisome if this team isn't ready to come out of the gates firing because the NFL did you no favors with the start of this season in relation to your schedule.
0: Yeah, the schedule is absolutely brutal coming up for Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers, one of the other things that he's done now here to be Mr. Team Guy is, oh, I'm not just here for one year. You know, he only signed what a two-year deal there in New York, and we all thought, oh, he's going to flirt with retirement after a season because it's what he does. He flirts with the retirement each and every season to get us talking, right? But no, he's coming out, Joe, before this season has even started, and he's already going to let you know that I plan to be here for years, plural, which I'm sure that would have been nice for Green Bay to have heard the last few years, and, and I'm big mentor guy. And what I want my legacy to be is helping the guy behind me. And I'm going to help him so much that he's going to go on to play another decade and a half after me. Here is the Jets quarterback on CBS New York.
3: Being able to win here would be really, really special. Um, But uh, why limit it to one? You know, I don't plan on this being a one-and-done, so uh, I think we're going to be competitive here for a long time. I'd like to be able to play a few good years here and then hand it right back off to Zach and let him go for the next 15, and it'd be a really special, uh, you know, 18- to 20-year run of uh, (laughs) great quarterback play.
0: I mean, Jordan Love has to be listening to that bite like, ha!
2: Where I, does this land on your BS meter? Oh there's one God, ca- There's I mean, one side. There's one side, uh, one argument to be made that after Green Bay dumped him and he was in the dark hole, you know, going through all his thoughts and everything, maybe just maybe he's seen a different light. Maybe he is changed to an extent or this is all just a load of crap. Which one do you side with?
0: The latter. You think it's all crap? I I just, I don't know if it's, you know, it's calculated. That's what it is. It's. I mean, maybe he does all this. And so maybe it's not a load of crud in that respect, but it is calculated. It is for branding. It is to be lovable. It is, I am going to capitalize on my time here in the number one market in the country, and I'm going to make myself seem like ultimate team guy.
2: Well, I mean, it's. it's going to be, Just like with Brady and the Patriots, there's a winner and there's a loser in these breakups. Brady was very clearly the winner. It wasn't even close. wasn't even close. Belichick and the Patriots were the losers in that breakup. So now we're going to get a real good look at the next iteration of this quarterback battle, which is going to be Rodgers versus the Packers. Packers don't necessarily have a great transition plan yet because we haven't seen a whole lot from Jordan Love. But if the Packers surprise some people this year and the Jets fall apart, oh boy, Oh boy, does this work in the opposite form of how the Brady one works?
0: That would be so nice and juicy. That would be the the more from a content not for Greeny. perspective. No, not for Greenie. Although Greenie's Greeny reaction will be devastated. To that would also be nice and juicy for us from a content perspective. <laughs> so I think we need that to happen. Coming up next, why a certain star quarterback will be suiting up in the preseason. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio.
1: This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.